Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to a very special edition of the Empire Podcast. Special as in, we're recording this straight after staying up all night to watch and live blog the Oscars and we're very tired and incoherent and this could be the worst idea in the history of bad ideas. So anyway, here I am joined by James Dyer and Phil Dissemblian to talk through the night's events. So let's start with the awards themselves. Uh, Very even spread this year with Argo winning Best Picture and Life of Pi winning most with four, uh, although you might say some in the minor categories, if there are minor categories. So what do we make of the show? It didn't feel like to me that there were there were any big surprises. Yeah, not one really curveball. I'm gonna, I'm winner. gonna, I'm gonna Is throw that a winner. Is that fair? There. Okay, gonna, hit me with one. I thought that uh, I was pleasantly surprised by Quentin Tarantino winning for. Uh, Django Unchained yeah, even though he won at the BAFTAs but I just had a feeling that there was so much controversy in the States over you know certain factors in Django Unchained the uh, the N-word controversy mainly uh, I didn't think he was going to get it this time uh, but it was a it was a fairly even group I would have said the best original screenplay but I was still very pleasantly surprised because I, I thought Django Unchained was fantastic that he won but let's start with the um, let's start with the big one let's start with the uh, best picture which was won by Argo, and I don't think anyone was massively surprised by that one. No, not really. No. It seemed like everybody kind of knew, and that was sort of a foregone conclusion. But I suppose Argo Argo came out, you know, a long time ahead of some of the other, you know, Lincoln especially. It was out prior to Christmas, well, it was a front- which is never normally the best time to release an Oscar film. But It was a front-runner, mm. and then... It seeded momentum to the likes of Zero Dark Thirty and Lincoln and Les Miserables, or Les Miserables, as I believe is you know, actually is Les, Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Um, yes. And then weirdly, it started to get the momentum back uh, a few weeks ago and was winning all sorts of awards and obviously won Best Film at at the uh, at the BAFTAs, which isn't a great indicator of where the Oscars can go. But there was actually quite a lot of common ground between the two this year. And yeah. BAFTAs, uh, the BAFTAs did. Uh, did take place before the Oscar voting final round of voting was was uh, was completed for the Oscars so I don't know maybe there was more of an influence I mean, I think, than normally I think there was definitely a, a teeny bit more anyway it's hard to quantify mm-hmm. but yeah Argo seemed like I mean I really liked Argo a lot I really enjoyed it I didn't I never really felt like when I came out of watching it that it was a best picture winner but surely more so than something like Silver Linings Playbook well, again, zero, uh, zero linings. Zero linings playbook. Yes. <laughs> well, I did promise incoherence, <laughs> and we, we have we delivered. Mm, that's a hybrid movie in which <laughs> don't even go. There. I'm not even going to go there. Um, I, yeah, neither of those two actually. They're, but they're you know maybe this felt like a year in which if it had been another year, any of these films could have won. It could have been Lincoln's year another time, but it just somehow the zeitgeist prevailed in, in Argo's favour I think it was a year with lots of really really good films I, I wonder how many great films were in that lineup. I don't know if there's anything that's I, going to be for the ages I think lineup. Amor is for the ages I've got to be honest I know you're going to give me Art House group <laughs> here but I genuinely feel like Amor is a film that people will be watching in 20-30 years time Lincoln, I, I can't see I, I honestly cannot see a situation in which anybody says to themselves you know what let's chuck on Amor I just cannot see that I just you know what I'm really in the mood for Amor right now <laughs> I'm, you know, that's, that's, yeah, let's watch the white ribbon and the more together. Let's let's have a oh, let's have a laugh. So zero dot thirty won nothing. More than saying nothing one. At all. It oh, won it one thing. What yes. did it win? Editing, I can't uh, no, not not editing. Did Sorry, it? what no, did it win? No, it didn't. Hang on, I've got it. It here. won best sound editing. 
It did. Uh, yes, joint. yes. So joint. It was tied. Wasn't even a full win, was it? it was no, tied. which leads me to believe that whoever was voting for it didn't really know what's the but best. But that in itself was an interesting thing. That's the second time, only the second time that's ever happened. Since 1969 was the last time, wasn't it? No, I think that. Well, I think there are others. Should maybe shaking his head as if to say, "No, you're wrong." <laughs> what, what is it? Come on, in, then. I, look, I can't give, give you facts. Fact, fact, chapter and verse on this, but I know that the one that you mentioned in Stryson the, in the Hepburn, yeah, best actress. So the, you probably should because I was. I said this uh, as fact in my. Oscar and I yeah, as did I in the Twitter and feed, I parroted so it because I was told that by you and now you've just you know you've pulled the rug out from under my feet don't come at me with this I didn't wait listen but, you were no, you were a statistician but wait, tonight hold on hold on smaller categories I think have been have been have been um, tied prior, previously okay um, but right. these, are, these are the big ones so yeah okay. We can right. say this is the second time in the major categories this has happened. So, so I mean, this is like a coalition award. What what actually goes into this? What at what point does it? Does it is, is that a vote for vote tie? Do they need a comfortable majority to win? I mean, I think, it, I think it's a vote for vote tie. Vote for vote tie. That's quite a yeah. quite impressive, really, isn't it? Mark Wahlberg sold it. You know, he said this is a tie. Yeah. Uh-huh. No BS. No, no BS. No, no BS. BS. He did. And you know, when Mark Wahlberg looks you in the eye and says no BS, he means he it. He does mean it. I know, and you can hear more Mark Wahlberg <laughs> <laughs> on next week's Empire uh, podcast. Next Friday's Empire podcast, that'll be up hmm. on Friday. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Indeed. Shut down by that. Uh, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll get round to uh, Mark's uh, Mark and Ted's segment later on, discussing the guest presenters and of course Seth MacFarlane. But let's go through some of the big categories now. Uh, so the Daniel Day Lewis Award for Best Daniel Day Lewis, sponsored by Daniel Day Lewis, in association what? with Daniel Day Lewis, was won by. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, who saw that coming? For Lincoln, who said a, a record Oscar history was made. Um, he is now the proud owner of three Best Actor statuettes, yes, which first. nobody has ever done before. I believe Jack Nicholson has three Oscar uh, statuettes, but there's a Best Supporting yeah. there as well. So, um, And, I, you know, he is pretty much considered to be the greatest actor alive. He's I think f- he's phenomenal. You look yeah. at this category and Phil was saying, in any other year, the best picture could have been Lincoln, it could have been Life of Pi, it could have been Les Miserables. Uh, but I really genuinely believe that the other actors in that category, with the possible exception of Bradley Cooper, who's still very, very good in Silver Linings Playbook, any other year, Joaquin Phoenix would be a worthy winner. Any other year, Denzel Washington, who's sublime in flight, would be a worthy winner. Um, and any other year, the other chap who was in that category, who's brilliant, Hugh Jackman, that's his name, uh, <laughs> would have been a worthy winner as well. But they just seem to seem to have the bad, the, the misfortune yeah. to come up against DDL. Yeah, he's he's a phenomenon. I mean, it's, it's 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 you mean you watch the film? He doesn't play Lincoln. He is Lincoln. It's it's the same in everything he does. He's he's an <laughs> astonishing actor. Um, yeah, I'd be amazed anyone else in the category wrote a speech. Well, yeah, exactly. You've got to pity them a little bit because it was an absolute foregone. I mean, everyone said with Anne Hathaway as well, it's a foregone conclusion, and it kind of was. But with Daniel Day-Lewis, it, you know, the odds were probably. If I bet, I would probably know a really cunning way of putting this, but I have no idea. Even what is it? Minus naught to one half something. Yeah. You would you would lose money. Probably. I would. Yes, but, that's yeah. it. You would <laughs> give them money. He would win, and they, you would they would take more money. Anyway, Meryl Streep. Um, Meryl Streep was the, the the person who presented them with the award, and it seemed to me that she didn't even open the envelope. It seemed to me that they came back from the. <laughs> it seemed to me that they came back from the nominees, and she went, "Yes, Daniel yep, Lewis. Daniel Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daniel Lewis. Really Unless, of course, she'd open the envelope during that thing, and then she had it ready. You know, maybe, maybe she'd be told to, you know, keep it going. You know, go speed it up a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, it did seem to me as like, yes, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. You know, it's Daniel Day Lewis. You know, he knows it is. <laughs> Everyone else knows it is. Let's just cut to the chase. I Can think we- I've been watching too much. Um, 
uh, Saturday Kitchen, but I'm used to whenever there's a winner, <laughs> there to be a really, really long pause and then like a ticking noise in the background. That you probably would have been unnecessary. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't do that at the Oscars. Um, and she was Meryl Street, Lewis's food. She just threw it out. out. She kind of like she was walking walking onto the stage. She was she was announcing the winner of that one. From best actor then to best actress. And this is one where uh, obviously Jennifer Lawrence was the winner ultimately for Silver Linings Playbook. Twenty two years old, her second Oscar nomination already. Uh, she will be nominated many more times, I'm sure, and she will probably win at least one more time, I would say. And the um, most tragic thing is they will only ever play the clip of her falling over as she they, came up the They steps. will only ever play the clip. But you know what? She's I think she's the sort of person who can laugh that off. Yeah, and she, she did and she's yeah. you know, she was great. Uh, lovely this speech. Was lovely speech. speech. Yeah. Yeah. Heartfelt and Slightly sort of, taken aback. Yeah, and very nervy, breathy, kind of, really kind of scattered as if she genuinely had no idea. Absolutely. Yeah, the standing ovation and she was, she dismissed it. She was just like, you're only standing up because I fell over and you feel bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The Hunger Games and X-Men Days of Future Past can now say they star Oscar nom- Oscar winning Jennifer Lawrence. Any other Oscar winners in the cast of X-Men Days of Future Past? Um, Fastbender. Well, Hugh Jackman, Jackman is Jackman as a nominee. Stuart McKellen. Um, no. Storm's not in this. Halle Berry's not in it, so therefore no. So they have to have at least one in every sure. X-Men film. Um, interesting category, I thought. Uh, Emmanuel Riva won uh, the BAFTA for uh, more mm. a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, I didn't think she was going to win this one. And the, uh, the conventional wisdom did say that Jennifer Lawrence was going to take it because Jessica Chastain's um, chances for Zero Dark Thirty seem to have been derailed or waterboarded, if you will, after the controversy. Yeah, see, I was shaking my, his head. Why my money was still on Chastain. It really was. I was quite surprised. He said, "If you will, and I won't." <laughs> you won't. <laughs> no, you, won't. T- you don't want that. You've no want no part <laughs> no, of waterboarding. No part of your glib waterboarding remarks. But um, yeah, it's it, funny. Hollywood seemed to have a very uneasy relationship with this film right from the beginning. In fact, before the beginning, before anyone had seen it, the whole controversy kicked off, and and it's definitely suffered for that. Um, yeah. It's I, yeah. It's a very complex um, film that taps into some stuff that America needs hasn't really worked out yet. It's very soon. It is too soon for this. I think this is probably for me the best film I thought this year, apart from maybe Amor. Um, but you know, really uh, too controversial, too hot to handle, and and, and it probably impacted on Jessica Chastain. But she's going to win Oscar. She's brilliant, you know, in years to come. Yeah. Do you um, think they had to uh, assure Michelle Obama that uh, Zero Dark Thirty wasn't going to win before she agreed to tee up this picture? Because that could have been quite awkward. <laughs> Can you imagine? Torture? Can you imagine? Yeah. That, that would be quite bit, interesting. Uh, <laughs> That'd be interesting. Although, that was an uh, odd thing, though, the, uh, wasn't it? That whole, just that whole thing was very bizarre. Jack Nicholson comes up to tee up Best Film and suddenly segue to a live cast from the White House. I know. Well, Michelle Obama with a load of people in fancy dress standing behind it her, was, which was it, yeah. interesting. It reminded me of like a sort of kitsch version because you had Jack Nicholson there. And they had all these people in uniform. It reminded me of a really kitsch version of Few Good Men. <laughs> I don't know what was happening at that point. Maybe he just like overtired and it's kept, it reminded, kept in. But it, it reminded me more of a, a really high budget version of Noel's House Party, <laughs> <laughs> where Jack Nicholson was Noel Edmonds, and suddenly he's going, "I'm going to throw live to your someone's house now." <laughs> and he goes, "One, two, three, and then it's Michelle Obama <laughs> and, and the white just yeah. with Barack sitting in the sofa, just watching the Oscar eating popcorn. <laughs> oh, it's us! Yeah, it's like, oh, we got to present best picture. All right, okay. And Mr. Blobby was, walks in with the it was one of the many well, we'll get to this in a, in, a, in a few seconds I guess but the, one of, for me the many weird ticks about this show I don't think a show that I think was particularly successful we'll get onto that I guess in a minute but yeah that felt like a show that didn't have a lot of confidence in itself that it needed to do that sort of thing at the end yeah. Yeah. it was a bit of unnecessary I didn't, I didn't dislike it I thought it was fine but you know but it was okay I guess um, but anyway so we think Jennifer Lawrence a worthy winner for that one 
That's a yes. <laughs> That's a yes. yes she's do. very, very, very good. Uh, I think she's phenomenal, actually. But, I mean, her in Winter's Bone, unbelievably good. Her in Silver Linings Playbook, very, very good, but on the same level, I wouldn't have said so. Silver Linings Playbook, though, I found kind of an odd one. I, I, I didn't really think it was uh, an Oscar film. Um and it kind of, I found it a little bit curious that it got it got lauded in the way that it did. That's not to say that I didn't like it. I did, but you know, yeah, yeah me too. I mean, I thought she was the best. She, I mean, Bradley Cooper's very good too. It got four Oscar nominations for acting. Yeah, I'm surprised at least two of those. Yeah, absolutely. Bradley but, Cooper and her, I, outside chances, but totally see where they're coming from. I, I, the supporting. Yeah, just, I was baffled yeah, by the other two. Absolutely baffled. strange, but you know, not totally unwarranted, I suppose. But she's fantastic. She's incredibly versatile in this mm, film, and, and she shows off like, you know, a lot of range of the dancing and 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 just she's just magnetic on screen. So in, by no means an undeserving winner. But I just thought that um, Emmanuel Riva um, and maybe Jessica Chastain were also very very strong in this category. And it was Emmanuel, no love for Quivenjene. Emmanuel Riva's apparently a birthday. Um, Quivenjene, yeah, no, she's phenomenal. In I love the in, fact she flexed her muscles after a little clip reel. She's so cute. She's very cool. She's very cool. Um, you know, and we had her in this very booth, which was a which was a treat. And um, I think she was just taking it all in her stride, really. But hopefully, if she wants to pursue acting, she's obviously got absolute talent to burn. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. She does indeed. She does indeed. Okay, moving on to Best Supporting Actress now, which was another possession uh, for Anne Hathaway, who was scooping up every single award in this category across every single major award ceremony for the last eight weeks or so. So, happy with this one? Yes. Yeah. Deserved shoe-in, you know, you name it. I don't think it was ever in doubt at all. And that was before she kind of swept the board at the other awards. I think from the get-go this was pretty much her yeah people were saying that this, is, this was this was her moment yeah. specifically well, it was, because it was of a Dream to Dream yeah exactly I mean it was a great film a great adaptation and she she was the best thing in it by, by a country mile I thought so mm. yeah. Um, yeah I mean that got I didn't, not often you see a, a spontaneous round of applause I know that Les Mis has got a fair few when it's screened but that one you know was that was a bit of a moment that song well when you first saw the film yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it got two rounds of applause in, in the screening I went to, and I know that there's been other screenings that have had more, but that 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 particular moment got a spontaneous, wow. rapturous round of applause, and it is there incredible. Um, but it's not just about that one song. I mean, she no. doesn't have a lot of screen time. No, she doesn't. But that's the whole but thing. She, but that's the most powerful performance. Well, it's funny because I mean, we talked about Les Mis a lot when when it came out, we and did. it could have been a film that 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 got more broader Oscar love in, in another year but it did feel like a film of two halves and she's very much in the first half she is and then she's sort of gone and then you kind of meet all these new characters I think tonight was the first time we see them all together in one in one place really um well, a little it's, disjointed. It isn't. I mean, the, the, obviously, what they did this evening was the one day more, which is the, the mm, sort of the yes, big climactic yes, sort of yes. medley song. Although they did bolt on that dreadful new song that they added to you it. Don't like that song, do you? I really don't like it. It upsets me. Um, but that was nice. I mean, that was one of the highlights. The I do fear the new, and I also fear the shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and but, believe me, after <laughs> staying up all night eating what we've been eating, and enough of that. Um, but the um, no, that live performance I thought was a was a was a high point actually at the show. The, uh, Tonight, yeah, it was very good. I mean, they obviously had uh, Catherine Cheetah Jones doing all that jazz. They had um, mm. Jennifer Hudson doing her Dreamgirls, but which fine. was which was really weird. <laughs> there, were, there were some choices I thought tonight that were just weird. I, you know, I think 
So, you know, they, they celebrated 10 years of Chicago as if it was some sort of auspicious occasion in the Oscars mm. history, not something that should be swept under the carpet and never spoken of again. <laughs> and yet, they here they are dragging out the four cast members. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it, was, it was just very strange to me. And then, obviously, only having Catherine Cedar Jones perform and the other three just standing around looking a little bit nonplussed about the whole thing. It's 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 a bit strange that mm. one for me, but again, that's probably something we'll get onto in in due course. Uh, let's talk very quickly then about best supporting actor, um, which was Christoph Waltz, one of Django and Jane's two uh, two Oscars. You're right there, Phil. Yes. Good, excellent. Uh, Christoph Waltz, Django Unchained, and he had been picking up the big awards over the last few weeks. He won a Golden Globe, he won uh, the BAFTA, uh, so he, he he was, I guess, the marginal frontrunner in a very, very tight category filled with people who had won before. Not necessarily Best Supporting Actors, but they'd won an Oscar before. I so. thought you were about to say filled with people with arthritis. Filled with people with arthritis <laughs> makes it very difficult to hold the Oscar, but still they struggle on. Um, so, yeah, what are your Ooh. thoughts? I thought that um, Tommy Lee Jones was going to win this award, but um, Christoph Waltz is brilliant. He's so good in this film. He's so watchable. He really is, isn't he? And he, there is a kind of a strange juju harmony when he's delivering Quentin Tarantino's dialogue. You yeah. know, it's just like ammunition. Um, and he just he's just phenomenal with it. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I thought, was great in The Master as well. Yeah, fantastic. Robert De Niro, as we've mentioned, Silver Linings Playbook. This I is mean, the one category. Just, it's yeah. good that he got a part that showcases some of what he can still do. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was quite enough to warrant an award for it. No, and no, I'll be honest, I've totally forgotten the fifth part. <laughs> <laughs> there are two categories, I really, and I don't think you've put Best Director down on your list. So we'll talk, oh, you have. Okay, we're at the very top. Um, there are two categories, I think, where I can really think of obvious exclusions from the list. Best Director is one, and Best Supporting Actor is another. I've said this before in the podcast, but I think Ewan McGregor should have been in there for The, uh, the Impossible, and I think that one of Sam Rockwell or Christopher Walken should have taken the quirky Supporting Actor nomination, which they, the Oscars like to do quite a lot uh, for Seven Psychopaths. Not a great film for most people, but I think they're fantastic in it. And it's a sort of performance, sort of roles that you would ordinarily expect the Academy to, to pick up on. But they didn't, and in this case, I think Crystal Waltz is fantastic, and I cannot wait for one to see the uh, what happens if he and Quentin go for the hat trick. Mm. Okay, so let's move on then to uh, best director. Let's let's move on to the the other big one. Ang Lee won this one, Life of Pi. Uh, this was a again a very very close call. I would guess people thought maybe Steven Spielberg would get it. It would have been his third best director Oscar. He would have won for Schindler's List, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Of course, he didn't win for Jaws or Red of the Lost Ark, but so he could have had five or six by now, really. Uh, so Ang Lee won this one. I think there are some notable exclusions in this category. We've talked about Quentin Tarantino. Catherine Bigelow was excluded in this category. Uh, Tom Hooper for Les Miserables Paul was Thomas excluded Anderson, in this. Paul say. Thomas Anderson, absolutely. Paul Thomas Anderson in this one. And the big one, of course, and it was very pointedly uh, uh, pointed out. Very po- <laughs> I told you we'd be incoherent. It was. Pointedly pointed out by Grant Hesloff yep, at the end. Yep, yep. Uh, ben Affleck, the director of Argo was not nominated in this category despite winning everything else um, so thoughts on this one it's odd isn't it when films get nominated for best film but not best director it's, it, it never really makes a lot of sense to me no it makes no sense to me either I think one it happened for um, Bruce Beresford and Driving Miss Daisy it's happened I think one or two other times but it, that seems like the most counterintuitive weird thing you know and, and, and you know he just 
not only did he deserve to be nominated, arguably he did deserve to win as well. So it was, uh, uh, yeah, that that was a, it was an unfortunate category. Um, that said, Life of Pi very good. Ang Lee did a superb job with that. So I mean, I can't really fault it. Yeah, or yes. him. Yeah. But um, would have liked to have seen Affleck up there. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think somebody can't remember who made it made an interesting point, which is that I think maybe it was the people who were watching the telly actually. Colin Salmon. Colin Salmon. Colin, Colin Salmon. Salmon. Colin Salmon. Colin Salmon. Um, made the point that, you know, he's done important, interesting things with 3D, probably apart from James Cameron and Avatar, the first person to do that. And that is significant for Hollywood. Obviously, it is a, a dollars and cents game and um, 3D is very important to its financial well-being. So maybe that's a factor. That's a little bit, you know, cynical because it's a beautiful, you know, uplifting piece of filmmaking for any of its flaws. People have pointed out. Um, a certain spiritual fluffiness about it, but it's a beautiful film, and I like that spiritual does, fluffiness. He does great things. Good. He does great things with it, and 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 dazzling, dazzling visual effects, which are all, mm. and all, obviously all, also rewarded. Yes. Most pointedly, he has fish jumping out the screen at the audience, exactly. which I think all uh, all best director film should have. Yes, and he does interesting things with aspect ratio. He does and, indeed. And Helen's not here, but I so I feel beholden to pointing out that that um, once again, the best film editing. Has tallied with best film. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, she likes Helen's to point out if magic you don't mojo have, indicator, isn't it? If, if you don't have a thing. best editing thing, then game off. Uh, so, editors are the most powerful people in Hollywood. Yeah. They want to cut you, they'll cut you. Um, yeah, yeah. Well done, Ang Lee. Uh, I do wonder if you would have won had some of the people I mentioned earlier on been yeah. in that category. But hey, we'll never know. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, moving on, uh, uh, there's always a focus in this country on how the Brits did. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, if you want, if you want to claim him as a Brit, you know, there's Irish blood there as well, obviously. Um, took home one of the big ones, but Skyfall, James Bond movie, won two Oscars. Uh, best song for Skyfall with Adele performing it, which wasn't a clue at all that she was going to win. Um, <laughs> And it also tied as well for sound editing. So to be fair, it would have been a bit weird if someone else had performed it. it true, but but the virtually no one else performed. James, you're being <clears throat> obtuse. Yeah, worst montage it won as well. I think on the telly because that wasn't very good, was it? What the uh, the James Bond, Bond montage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that. Well, let's let's start talking about the show then itself. Because uh, Chris Terrio for Argo best adapted screenplay. Yeah, that's pretty well deserved, isn't it? I think we're happy with that. So let's talk about the show itself, and uh, what are our thoughts on it o- overall? Let's, let's let's start with let's start with Seth MacFarlane as the host. Yeah, and I don't think I don't know if any of us are particularly predisposed to liking Seth MacFarlane. Well, I, don't, I, I, I don't, really liked Ted, didn't you? Really, I yeah. really love Ted. I'm not a big Family Guy guy, but um, yeah, really do uh, really enjoy Ted and. Um, him, he's really talented. Like, he's, I yeah, mean, he, you know, full credit to the man. He's done incredible things with his career. He seems to be pretty grounded, and he's got great talent, musical. You know, he's performed at the proms. He can do all kinds of things. Mm. But maybe he was just on a bit of a hiding to nothing with this. I mean, I'm not by any means. Not everyone has not enjoyed it quite like we haven't. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I don't even know what that, that means. Was a wonderful time. Um Well, he split people. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, I wasn't on Twitter though that much. I was writing the live blog for Empire, but um, you know, I just did a shout out on on my Twitter feed, asking people what they thought of him. And you know, there's probably a fifty fifty, maybe even sixty forty split. People liking him. Mm. Uh, someone says Jurassic Stark, oh good name. Says worst since Letterman. 
Um, but mm. it was just nice for it not to be Billy Crystal again. Here, here. Uh, someone else, uh, Jill McGimsey says, really disliked the boob song. It was a song he did about having seen all the boobs of See, I lots of women in the audience. Nice. I like she the says, boob enough song. sexism in Oscar history without making talented actresses uncomfortable for cheap laughs. I think some of the actresses were in the joke, to be honest, yeah. um, with that one. Thought he was pretty damned impressive, a more lighthearted, entertaining show than usual, but love to see him back. Um, you know, didn't always work, tried too hard in places. And Ollie Richards of this parish says, patchy but not terrible I thought and he hashtags the opinion that matters um, <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm kind of I think I think like I'm not a huge fan of uh, his cartoons Phil like uh, like you said um, but he is incredibly talented he can sing he can dance he can tell jokes he's you know uh, he's clearly got charisma uh, I think he was let down by the script this year I thought the script was pretty it, terrible it, it felt like a first draft script it really it felt like the kind of thing you would have written when you were putting it together with holding gags and then you'd have replaced them with better stuff and nobody did there were a couple of times where you went uh, oh we're keeping this joke in are we and you don't know whether that's part of his shtick I'm building people up is. for a joke but I'm not so sure there were almost moments when you thought well actually was this left in on by mistake uh, I, some of the jokes I think by the problem it, it's such a difficult job you yeah. know and there's not many Bob Hope's Jimmy Carson's those kind of guys Jimmy Carson's Jimmy Carson's <laughs> Jimmy Carson's is he a jockey <laughs> no, I think you've just made can someone can I start up. that again it's such no, a no, difficult no, no, no. It's such we a promised difficult. coherence we're going to deliver oh we're going to deliver it Johnny yeah. Carson's Jimmy Carter or, 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 or Jimmy Carter Jimmy Carter Jimmy Carter the ex-Arsenal winger Millwall and Liverpool yeah, yeah. and Oxford yeah. um, and uh, he's not one of them uh, the, the difficult thing is it's very it is a difficult prickly sensitive audience and there's and there's there's sacred cows that you don't want to, you know, um, slay, and and he's probably just on the outside. Whereas someone like um, Steve Martin, yeah, well, I was going to think of a Billy Crystal. Really, he's yeah. kind of just he's edgy, but he's on the right the right I side thought, of the line. I, I thought think Billy McFarlane, Crystal last year was terrible. No, but I mean, years gone by when he's yeah. been a little bit more sort of he's more Hollywood friendly. <laughs> he's a bit more Everything's alive. a bit softer. I think McFarlane <laughs> stick is is. Like when you watch Ted or Family Guy, it's just so out there. He just yeah. there's no he's not afraid of anything. Tonight he felt like he was like putting stuff out there and, and it was and apologetic. Seeing how it was he apologetic. was apologetic with everything he put out there. This is the thing that a lot of the gags were. I mean, I don't even know that they were really edgy. There were a couple of bits like the Don Cheadle gag about you know did you try to free him? If that's yeah, a bit, if no, but what that's a bit awkward. Yeah. Denzel Washington. He confused Denzel Washington with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, intentionally. I think. <laughs> well, obviously intentionally, <laughs> but hot on the heels. Yeah, no, I yeah I know what you mean. It, but a lot of those gags, they just they were just quite weak. And you know he's he's known for his writing. He writes mm. very funny stuff. Uh, and it just seemed like I don't know. It just it felt a bit funny. Interestingly, I, I thought that the Ted the Ted bit where Ted came out with 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 Wahlberg mm, was pretty much better. Well, no, I was going to say I thought that was fairly. I thought that was yeah. much better because that was that, I mean it was very much Ted shtick. I mean you liked the film. I'm surprised you didn't like it. I, li- I um, liked it okay, but I didn't love it. It wasn't. But he I spent my time in trying to work out how there. they did it. How did they, how did they do that? You know, it's real. Is he inside He's, the bear? He, he may. Was the bear on stage? Was the bear CG? It's Wahlberg uh, CG and the bear is real. I don't understand how they did it. I'll be honest with you. I, I couldn't see the joints. The technology is waiting for your brain to catch up. Well, we have a very small TV and I was quite far away from it. And obviously, <laughs> that, that probably helps as well. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. In terms of maintaining the illusion. But when I say the script was, was bad, um, I don't know whether Bruce Valanche was part of the writing team this year. Um, but uh, well, all of the... The Avengers, yeah, all the bits, all the skits, all the all, you know. Normally, in in years gone by, you will have at least one bit where a guest presenter will come on, 
and knock it out of the park whether it's you know that year where Ben Stiller came on wearing the green screen <laughs> uh, shtick yes. or there was another year a couple of years ago I think where Steve Carell and Tina Fey came on and were brilliant together mm. and then you start thinking well actually can we can they host a show and Robert Downey Jr. usually comes on and is, is usually brilliant and Will Ferrell usually comes on and is usually brilliant and there was nothing like that this year they, mm. people came on and they, they hosted they presented their their, uh, their Oscars and uh, they, the script was just filled with the blandest platitudes uh, and I, I, no I one really made yeah. an impact and when they did come out when people did come out and do little things that were meant to work like five of the Avengers not all the Avengers five of the Avengers it seemed a bit under rehearsed and a bit rushed it's really weird that there was a moment where they were going to do the whole VFX spiel and then and then Samuel L. Jackson just said we're not going to do it and yeah. then they just they didn't and they just announced the win and you're like is that a joke what's happening I want well, that was that was awful. That was the official effects guys. Were they just it's a whole yeah caboodle about the official they, effects guys? Not, well, yeah, yeah well, rhythm, rhythm and Hughes and yeah. When the guys from from Life of Pi came on to do this, that was actually that a was real absolutely dreadful. That was where they started to name check the guys who were was, picketing outside, who've all lost their jobs, and they played them off with the Jaws music. Now, admittedly, the Jaws music got used several times, but it seemed very pointed. That was the first time. That was it. But it yeah. seemed that they. It wasn't so much they'd run out of time. They were, right, enough of that. We don't want to hear this. Next, move on. Get off the stage. It, it was a bad moment, I thought, that. Yeah. Because Rhythm and Hughes, you know, they, they they are now bankrupt and they were part of the VFX Life of Pi thing. And man, you know, when they were up there making their heartfelt speech about these people, this companies in real trouble and people losing mm. their jobs. And then they start playing the Jaws music. And then they finished playing the Jaws music at high volume and they started playing... I can't remember the music to a western or something. <laughs> it's just well, going to gallop them off stage. The thing about it was, it was that the whole spiel going into it was that the guys who work in visual effects deserve respect, and then it showed them no respect whatsoever by playing them off and cutting them off. And I guess that's just it's just an automatic else. thing. They crossed the time threshold. Someone pushing the button. Was it though? As as Tarantino proved, if you're a big enough name, you can talk over the orchestra and they will stop playing for you. I thought that was pretty disgraceful, to be honest. But. Uh, we're talking about some of the other bits that didn't quite work. The Avengers thing didn't quite work for me. Um, there were there were things that did that, that did work. I liked the um, the Lim is Rob the thing. I liked that mm. that that medley that that worked for me. Um, weird as it was, that Barbara Streisand came out and sang Memories. Uh, for Marvin Hamlish, it was still she still caught some pipes, Babs, and uh, that worked. I thought. If you take it as, as a tribute to everybody in the in memoriam sequence and not just to Marvin Hamlish, I don't know really why you would single him out necessarily. That was a strange one for me. Well, he wrote the song. I know he wrote the song, but it was still a bit weird. But he wrote the song that could have spoken for all of the people in the section. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you, take it, if you yeah. take it in that res- respect, but, you know. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, but the Avengers thing. And the, the Bond, the Bond mm-hmm. tribute. The Bond tribute that uh, a few weeks ago was billed as they were going to reunite all six Bonds together for the first time ever in one room and celebrate 50 years of Bond turned out to be Shirley Bassey singing Goldfinger which wasn't the worst thing ever which wasn't the worst thing ever liked it a lot but coming off the back of that rather dreadful sort of montage cut together of all the Bond sequences it wasn't good was it and then it cut to an ad break straight afterwards and that was that Sky have done very anticlimactic Sky are just doing endless amounts of programming you know for Bond's 50th anniversary and pretty much every montage they did knocked spots off the yeah. Oscar one including of course their brilliant uh, advert the, you know the one with all the Bonds are in yeah. in the car chase yeah. together and the yeah, other, yeah, yeah. Yeah. narrated of course by yeah. Colin Salmon it all comes oh. back it's all cyclical um, it, all yeah, it all comes back to that so uh, yeah I thought I thought something. it was it was a poor montage but yeah Shelley Bassey was great it would have been good if they'd reunited all of the Blofelds 
<laughs> um, if they couldn't get Bond, get some, I don't know, get some villains. What else do you think was good? Because I thought the musical stuff was lovely. I love that the, the, they had a theme. This I don't know why it had that theme particularly and why we were celebrating the, the 10th anniversary of Chicago, Chicago and the 5th anniversary of, I don't know, uh, Topsy-Turvy or whatever. It was just <laughs> all a bit random. But, you know, he gave that, gave it some coherence and it didn't have a lot and it felt like it was the musical stuff and the and the uh and mcfarlane stuff and it just all kind of was happening i remember as a kid watching barry do you remember watching barry norman presenting the oscars i stay up late especially and it just felt like i don't know it felt like something really special and had hollywood stardust and i didn't really feel that tonight maybe it's because i drank too much red bull but it just felt a little lacking in Artic- articulacy or something it's not there <laughs> oh the irony <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it's lacking in articulacy or, or something um, that's like a Seth MacFarlane yeah I, I know what you mean I just thought it didn't it was fine it's one of those shows that you, as you're watching it, you think oh this is actually okay it's, it's coasting along but then the more you analyse it you think oh this isn't actually didn't that didn't work this didn't work but at the end of the day I guess it's about the awards um, I don't know if Seth yeah. MacFarlane will want to do it again he's now obviously a big shot he's got this million ways to die in the west comedy coming up and he's gonna and then he's gonna do ted too after that so i imagine a bit like hugh jackman a few years ago who was a very good host i thought mm. um he will do it one time just to do it just to have it on the old cv and he wasn't i mean this was not a james franco and hathaway disaster by any stretch of the imagination that's i think that's that's pretty much fair to say yeah. and it was interesting because he can sing and he can dance and those bits with Janine tatum and Charlize theron and daniel radcliffe and joseph gordon levitt those bits worked for me. I thought, it would, you know, they thought they were fine. And I actually almost wanted to see more of that than rather than the kind of slightly first base pops at, at films and people that, you know, that sort of velvet glove uh, approach. Go on. No, I thought I agree with you. I, I it, the, the script just felt a little like it needed a bit more work and a bit more inspiration to some of the gags. Well, there's just, you know, there's that point at the beginning where he starts the show... Uh, with a bunch of slightly off-colour gags and, and, and they're falling quite flat and you feel that he's lost the room and we're only 10 seconds into the show and then you cut away to that incredibly surreal but actually very good William Shatner thing where he comes down as Captain Kirk from the future and then you start thinking oh, so all of the stuff beforehand that was dreadful this was intentionally dreadful to queue up this gag but as it goes on you start to wonder whether in fact it was intentionally dreadful at all uh, and I think that was my worry that it, actually it just did fall a bit flat at the beginning yeah my worry was that the the material post Shatner was not demonstrably better than the material pre Shatner so yeah. you'd have to have a massive leap for that to happen and I had that bittiness that Family Guy has that I, I don't particularly like and I think South Park in particular has skewered so well um, so you would have moments like that weird sketch with for some reason Sally Field you know which was fine on its own but so you're saying just, that Manatee One came up with Sally Field, and I think the Manatees were at work in this yeah. one. I think the Manatees were at work. Uh, it, but it, it, he, he wasn't helping himself with the Chris um, Brown, Rihanna, Mel Gibson. Oh God! Jokes, oh God! Yeah. Just because they don't feel like they're a a bit on the nose, and b they're not really super topical at this particular no, juncture. It's, it's not funny, and it's old, and it's offensive. And it's people, just... and 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 you could feel people recoiling, and suddenly there was a bit of tension in the air, and it was a bit awkward to watch. And then that whole Shatner Star Trek, but that was his reprieve at back the, time, to the future thing, and we're like, oh, it was even all, if all even if like that. Shatner's uniform was non-canonical. 
Did he ever come back? Just saying. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Added to which indignity, they played on Chris Pine and Zoe Saldana with the Next Generation slash original motion picture oh music. So, yeah. you know. Epic fail. And when Christopher Plummer came out as uh, General Chang, he wasn't wearing his Klingon makeup. So a few <laughs> a few uh, a few Star Trek faux pas there that I noticed. Yeah. And he wasn't a zero gravity or anything like that. Uh, all right, let's just wrap up with a few uh, very, very quick categories. Best Animation, Brave won, continuing Pixar's uh, dominant domination of this uh, category. I think only Cars 2, if I'm right in thinking, is the only one that hasn't won. Hard to imagine why. Hard to imagine why. Uh, interesting one, this one, because I like Brave a lot, but I preferred Frank Weenie and I preferred the Pirates in An Adventure with Scientists. Indeed. And I would have liked to have seen traditional stop motion being given a nod in that one. I, I, you know what? I really wanted some Ardman love in this character. I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, I don't think Pirates is Ardman's best by a long shot, but I, I did still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I never pick. I mean, to be fair, Brave isn't Pixar's best. I mean, it felt a little bit like they won it by default, and that's just a bit, uh, a bit sad. Well, in previous years, this has been the oh, let's give it to Pixar category. Yeah. I, I don't think it felt like that this year. I was a little surprised when uh, when the, the its name was was read out, but mm. hey ho. Interesting to see Brendan Chapman, who was the director who originated this project at Pixar and who didn't get to complete it for whatever reason, um, being allowed to pick up the Oscar and the BAFTA for this one. Uh, another category I think is uh, interesting as well, uh, and you might be happy about this one, Phil, in particular. Best documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. Yes. Thank you. Brilliant. Do you want to sing some? Uh, no, um, no, yeah, you're very happy about that. Great, really great documentary. And a more one best foreign language film, which means I got awful Michael Haneke account, which is splitting people. I, I declared it bloody awful. Oh, it Finally, Empire Square Feed, and we were accused of being heretics. It's a one joke. Lols it's Minga. a one joke account. Mm. It's less funny than the Anne Hathaway's nipples accounts, of which there are fifteen of them, all of which are better than the fake Michael Haneke. And this is because Anne Hathaway's dress looked like it was quite nipply. Yeah, it wasn't. It's it worth wasn't. They were not her nipples. It was the way the dress was cut. It just looked a bit pointy. <laughs> non-canonical. Yes, it was. It was a non-canonical uniform. Yes, you're absolutely right. I, uh, yeah. Okay. What are we talking about? Michael uh, Haneke. Yeah. Michael Haneke. Or, or, yes, yes. Well, let's segue into Best Foreign Film, which it won, and deservedly so, I think. Although No is also Pablo Lorraine's film's also very, very good. No! Okay. We haven't seen um, Contiki yet. This is my favourite category. I've got to talk about it for 10 minutes. Um, we've got no more time. We're out. Okay, so next year, what's going to win Best Picture? Phil, go. Uh... Star Trek into I don't know <laughs> remind me what's coming <laughs> what's coming out this year alright that's going to be pain and gain well I don't think we'll you have never know. even heard of the film that wins precisely let's wrap it up then with uh, Mark's out of 10 for this Oscars and taking into consideration everything host uh, and the way the awards went oh um, I'm a positive person so I'm going to go for seven okay James you're not six a and a half person. I'm not a positive person but uh, I'd, I'd give this a six and a half should we round up to seven? No, round it down to six. Okay, so <laughs> six. Uh, I will I will fall directly between the two of you. Um, six and a half. And let's keep it at six and a half. So there we go. And that is it for our Oscars special. Not as incoherent as I thought it would be. I'll be honest. I've literally no idea what I'm saying anymore. Uh, the regular podcast is back on Friday with guests Mark Wahlberg and Paul Andrew Williams, the director of Song for Marion. Uh, so do look out for that. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And it's goodbye from Phil. Goodbye. Goodbye from James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.